Uh, it's one of those songs that just makes you feel good, doesn't it? Puts a smile on your face. That, of course, the late, great Whitney Houston. Just one of her, I don't know, what was it, 300 chart-topping hits? It might be off by a couple, but it's got to be close to 300, right? Number one hits. Whitney Houston is set to take the stage at a new Las Vegas residency. And I know you're thinking to yourself, how could that be? How is that possible? Well, it's thanks to technology and holograms, which is once again in the news, making news in the music world and all of its possible ramifications. Joining us now, our music expert, Eric Elper. He joins us here on Global News Radio. Eric, good afternoon. Hey, man. Um, I just have to make one quick correction. Um, Eric Alper died in 2014. You've been talking to the Eric Alper hologram all of this time. It's actually <laughs> remarkable. It stutters. Um, I wish that they would have made him like five, six, though. <laughs> Eric, <laughs> I, I know. Isn't this just mind blowing to watch it's some of this technology? Blowing. It's 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 bonkers. And and you know what? Um here's where we are with technology. So Paul McCartney, a couple of weeks ago, released a song that he did a duet with, with Beck. And the video had Beck behind the scenes, dancing around in a corridor and hallways. They superimposed with technology and 3D technology and holographic material. Paul McCartney's face singing the song wearing the Beatles suit from 1964. So when you watch the video, it's literally Paul McCartney dancing and prancing around from 1964 with a song that was released in 2021. My mind went through the roof because it was like, this is where we are now. Like, yeah. this is the ability to to use, um, you know, AI and virtual technology and holographic material and computers to really create a 360 hologram that could be walking beside you down an aisle at a wedding if you wanted to. It's actually pretty freaky and amazing at the same time. Now, I've not seen the McCartney thing yet. Just how realistic is it? Because a lot of this uh, technology, AI, the hologram stuff I've seen uh, recently, it is, again, to use the word mind-blowing, I mean, it is really realistic. I, ha I had to actually go to Wikipedia to ensure that this song was not a forgotten Paul McCartney Beatles song. Um, and this is, you know, this is really interesting because you and I have talked in the past about Fleetwood Max members selling their catalog for $200 million or Bob Dylan and Neil Young selling their catalog for $300 million and a reported $150 million. And we talked about how these companies were now be exploiting the back catalog, not just in TV shows. And you won't be hearing Bob Dylan just for the next hundred years in movies. But now you might be seeing Bob Dylan in hologram forever touring long after the real Bob Dylan is, is, uh, is, you know, passed away. And this is where the money and technology and the estates of those artists are all coming together to figure out, well, what do the fans want? And the fans seemingly so far want these concerts to happen. What do we know about this Whitney Houston Vegas residency here? Cause I'm wondering through the use of holograms and AI, have they been able to put together seemingly kind of a, a new Whitney concert or performance, or are they taking uh, what is considered one of her legendary performances and using AI and hologram technology? Yeah. So far it's a little bit of, of a mix between unseen footage 
that uh, that has not been released and concerts that are readily available just so that those fans don't, you know, feel left out um, that, you know, that they're they might be watching an entirely new show. Um, but so far with the other holographic concerts, we've seen Tupac at Coachella perform um, with. Um, a set list that has been seen, um, but with Roy Orbison, there was an unseen concert from the 60s that nobody has ever seen that is currently on tour in various parts of the world as well. And because of the way that we, all of these artists, they're on social media, they're filming themselves, they're on video, we all have access to whatever concert was filmed wherever it was somebody invariably in-house is filming it for their records or for prosperity so we're gonna have a multitude of choices to choose from in the future not just the Beatles on Ed Sullivan and everybody can go pay 75 bucks to go see it this could be you know using Beatles footage through the ages and literally bring the Beatles back together again for the first time since 1967. Is there a market, do you think, for this, Eric? Do people want to go see, uh, to see celebrities, celebrities who have uh, passed and either relive uh, a concert they uh, once saw or maybe just experience it for the first time because they missed it uh, or just weren't around uh, when the, the uh, celebrity or artist was around? Yeah, and I think it's going to get bigger and bigger. You know, I, I think that right now there might be X amount of people who would want to go see Roy Orbison only because a lot of this new generation of music lovers may not know who Roy Orbison is. But, you know, maybe... ZZ Top decides to do this with their recently departed bassist Dusty Hill when the memories are still so strong and that generation is still around. I it's it really does come down to price point at all times, doesn't it? Like, would you go pay 150 bucks to go see Wendy Houston in Vegas? Sure, because that's the average going price for anything in Vegas. But would you go see it at like the Scotiabank Arena? I don't know. But I bet you that place would be jammed if tickets were 15 or $20. Mm -hmm. I'm also uh, wondering whether or not a, a current band, and uh, I don't know, Foo Fighters just come to mind. I mean, can they have a hologram playing at like uh, 20 different cities at a certain price, and then the, the band live is a premium price in a certain city one night? Yeah, I think so. You know, when, when there's a pretty big album that is to be released, sometimes they'll do um, a concert in our local movie theaters. And that happens around the world. Andre Ryu did it. Um, I think that there were, uh, I think Black Sabbath did it where, you know, and Nickelback where you could watch the concert happening at that moment, wherever you were in the world, in your movie theater. So I think that this is just one step away of like the Harlem Globetrotters, for instance, or Circuit du Soleil, where there's five different versions of the Harlem Globetrotters going on all at the same time, it's not that giant leap of a psychological step to think, well, why not go see all these people together? I think it would be great for, you know, maybe, you know who would do really well with this? And it's no joke. I think a, an artist like the Wiggles would do phenomenal business like this because that group is all about the colors of their uniforms, right? You've got the purple one and the blue one, and it doesn't really matter to the kids so much who's wearing them. Uh, maybe the moms do because, you know, 
they all like them very much. But that's where I see this technology do really, really well with the current artists. Um, you know, I don't know if a band like Kiss, who has never met an idea that could make them money, um, you know, getting turned down, but I think it might be too close to them. I think that they would say, you know what, this may just devalue the product when we're still around because we want people to spend $500 at a ticket rather than $12 anytime they want to. Yeah, but how big of a leap is it for music lovers and concert fans? I mean, you and I, we both desperately miss live uh, music. But is it the same thing going to see AI or a hologram concert or tour as opposed to actually being there that night in the same room with uh, the artist that uh, you love? I think it all depends on who you ask. Um, Dio, the heavy metal musician who passed away a number of years ago, his wife, Wendy, now takes over the estate and they attempted to do something like this. And by all of her accounts, everybody in this um, concert place were ecstatic and over the moon. I think that it really depends on how cynical you are about the whole thing. If you think that this is going to be like the time that you went to Disney world as a kid in the hall of mirrors, seeing a hologram, it's not that, but I think also if you kind of just, you know, put your suspense at the door and your cynicalism at the door, I think it could be really fun for five or six, you know, songs. I don't know if I would want to watch the whole concert unless I really, truly loved it. But during a time in our lives when we haven't seen any live shows and now coming up close to, you know, for a year and a half, could be two years. I think in some cases, this might be as good as it gets in some cities in North America. Mm. And, you know, it does give options to some bands. You mentioned ZZ Top and boy, what a loss that was last week with uh, Dusty Hill and those uh, three players playing together for so long. Probably not immediately, but maybe there's a, a time when, you know, that original lineup is so important to them that they might not want to go out with a different third. And could they use a hologram and still go out and, and tour and do what they love? I mean, who, who knows? There's just a ton of options out there now. Yeah. And, you know, take a band like Chicago or Journey or Blood, Sweat and Tears or Yes that have 400 members in their history they can choose the basis from 1972 right. doing a song from 1977 with a lead singer from 1980 to 1985 like they could now mix and match and i think this is where we have to kind of just say look the estate of that dead artist now runs it good or bad if you love the new prince album like i do i'm so happy that they went into the vault to find it other prince fans are like no prince didn't want this when he was alive to be released we should just respect his wishes unfortunately though you know unless you have it stone cold ironclad in your will i think every artist is now going back to their will and to their lawyers saying I love this. I want this to happen or no way. Well, that was my next question is uh, who controls this when it comes to uh, deceased celebrities? Obviously, it's their estate. And you do think that there's active planning going on right now among some of uh, music's uh, biggest artists oh. when it comes to their uh, legacy and how it'll be treated uh, when they're gone? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I think. Prince's death and not leaving a will shook a lot of artists to their core with having dozens and dozens of people around the world fighting for um, for his estate and what it's worth because there were so many children who claimed that they were 
you know, his and family members who said that he promised this. And because he passed away without a will, it's actually a good rule of life for really anybody that's listening out there. You know, if you don't want your image to be tarnished, well, maybe you should take care of it when you're alive and make sure that there's no fighting. But I would imagine that with all of these artists selling their catalog before, you know, they get up into their very lean years where they can't tour, they're probably looking back on it and saying, okay, how is my face and my voice and my music going? to be perceived do i care if not okay and but if i do like robin williams does where he had in his will that he was that they they're really tight with where you can re-release and what you can re-release when it comes to the robin williams catalog for 25 years after his death so some people take good care of, of their you know of their image and their likeness and some people just don't Really, really interesting stuff. Uh, before I let you go, uh, Eric, by the way, I know you tweeted this out earlier. We should mention proud moment in Canadian music. Uh, Justin Bieber has tied Drake for the most number one songs on the Billboard uh, Hot 100. Yep, he tied it with eight. Um, momentous. It, it's. I don't care what people think about Justin Bieber or Drake. I, I really, really don't. But the fact that we have two artists in this era that had combined 16 number one songs in America is astounding and we should all be proud of the way that the government continues to support the arts especially music and especially now at a time when they need it the most you bet big big achievement for sure eric appreciate it as always thanks so much for the time thanks jeff we'll talk soon you got it our music expert eric helper Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. <laughs> and Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.